When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now. You're tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Robert Wagner frontman and chief songwriter and lyricist for the 80s, 90s seminal Pittsburgh rock band Little Wretches, has been keeping the musical kettle warm all these years and continues to perform at coffee houses and small clubs all around his hometown area. His latest collection is titled Red Beats and Horseradish. Robert joins me on this edition of Americana Music Profiles to talk about this interesting and long-standing career as the frontman for the Little Wretches. Robert, hi, welcome to the podcast. Greg, it's nice to speak with you. I've been looking forward to this all day. Me too. And I was looking over our notes, and we have done this uh, before a little while back. So it's good to reconnect and and find out what you've been up to. Yeah, I I was just uh, looking up, up the magazine online and reading some of the recent articles. Did you find yourself? Um, no, 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 no. You know, I, I have, I am guilty of Googling myself from time to time. And every now and then I'll find a piece that I didn't know had been published. And, uh, you know, you know, people usually don't write anything bad. You know, if you, right, there's right. so much good out there to, to, to bring to people's attention. Why waste your time with something that you don't really like? Sure. So, you know, and then... You know, from the artist's perspective, I don't know what it's like for for other performers, but but what feels most real to me is when I'm performing and there are living, breathing human beings, you know, in the room with me. That feels real. Yeah. All everything else, uh, there, there's a there's a sense of illegitimacy. I mean, I, I get it that the world is big and electronic media connects us all, but you know, when I see. Uh, you know, I see views on YouTube or streams on Spotify. Like, I don't know those people. I know the people who are sitting in the room with me. Sure, uh, yeah. I don't know if I answered a question, but I, I just rambled, I think. Yeah, no, no, that's okay. I, I think you bring up a really good point that wasn't on my uh, notes to, to chat about. But, uh, you know, a lot of folks, and maybe you did as well, during the heart of the lockdown we're trying to find any way to connect as possible and and streaming and uh, zoom and all those other kinds of uh, methods to try to try to make those connections uh, at least they were there but um, I think everybody learned pretty quickly that you uh, you lose a lot in that two-dimensional world that you um, you can't capture in that setting that you were just speaking of where you've got live bodies and eyes and faces looking back at you doing your thing on stage and you're able to feed off that energy that that's a different kind of energy than you're when you're watching it on a, a, a computer screen 
yeah. Well, and, 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 you know, I see a lot of people at a time, you know, they were doing Facebook streaming. And you realize that once once you've done a stream, it stays up. So that if once somebody's performing, if there's only seven viewers, and that feels a little bit depressing, but then you look, you know, a couple of days later, and there were 3,000 views, right. you know, that, that's different. But still, while you're doing it, and, and you see the number three, right. and then it drops down the number two, they go, oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. If this is a waste of time or not. Right. Yeah, you, you almost are doing it in hopes that it has some longevity uh, versus being able to do it real-time and feeding off that real-time energy. Yeah. So um, we, we um, when we chatted a couple years ago, actually, I believe it, it was, uh, we talked a little bit about your background. And um, just as a refresher for some of the folks that, or, that didn't get to hear it or it's been a while, um Give us just a brief background. You've actually been playing music for a while, right? This is uh, uh, these. Yeah, I've, I've, I, you'd say that I started as part of like the first wave of punk rock in Western mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. Now, now there were people before me, uh, you know. So I definitely wasn't the first. The band I was in uh, was called No Shelter, and you know that's kind of derived from the Bob Dylan song, Shelter from the Storm. Mm. There is no shelter from the storm. You have to go <laughs> right through the center. And we, we made a single, uh, our, our, probably our best-known song was called Brooks Robinson's Camp. And if, if you can find a better song from our region, region from that era, I, I challenge you to do so. A lot of people think it's kind of like best of genre, best, best ah, of era. Okay. Yeah. And... And then, but that was, you know, we were never really a punk band. When people think of punk music, they think of uh, mohawks and torn clothes and and a lot of stylistic things. But it was really a pretty open-ended, people played all kinds of music. It was just, you know, what you would now call indie music. And everybody's welcome as long as you have something to bring to the table. Uh, You know, it wasn't too stylized or, or, you know, you couldn't fit it all into a box. But, But by the time that community had kind of taken its arc a, a big part of it what, what they called hardcore punk had emerged and and for me i kind of realized well i'm a good lyricist i'm a good writer i'm putting out too much information with lyrics to compete with loud drums and loud guitars mm. so i have to find a different a different delivery system yeah so yeah. my brother my brother was a violin player and I started the Little Wretches as a vehicle for my songwriting. Right. Okay. And you know, and, and the the singer for No Shelter pretty much told me you got to sing your own song. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That, and because I never really thought of myself as a singer, but but yeah, who 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 better to deliver my songs than me? And you formed the Little Wretches, and that um, was a little while ago. And I, if I read correctly, I think you guys actually uh, broke up for a little while. Is that correct? I wouldn't say we broke up. We went through a lot of different changes. It just became economically unsustainable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I make, I mean, and this is the sad truth, uh, for groups, you spend an awful lot of time carrying amps and drums up and down steps and loading them into vehicles. Right. You know, that's a lot of hard work. Uh, financially speaking, I make as much money playing solo. Uh, I, I, actually, I, I usually am taking a, a a loss if, if I play with the band mm. and you know, so I'm, so just economically speaking, when I perform solo as a duo, 
I can play anywhere, anytime. And uh, I, I there's no limit to what I can play to, to my repertoire. Whereas if you're playing with the band, uh, there's an old saying I learned, if the bass player doesn't know the song, the band doesn't know the song. Hmm. So, um, you know, the repertoire is kind of limited to what everybody else is sharp on. And we have very, very few opportunities to, to really be the little wretches in all our glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's it's that's just the reality. Had, had we been uh, more mainstream or had we fit more neatly into a box where we were generating, you know, a, more of an economy, because uh, the Little Wretches is something to behold. We're a great live band. But the truth is, for the last 15 years, 90% of my shows have been solo or duo. Right, okay. Um, when we last spoke, you had um, just released Undesirables and Anarchists, I believe was the name, right? Um, that was the album, yeah. yeah. That was the... And was that a was that a, a retro release? Like, that, that wasn't, I think those were older tunes, right? Yeah, all of those tunes, we, we had... Uh... You know, we had won some studio time. We recorded it. Uh, it was almost, you know, it was pretty much our live set. You know, the best of our live sets. All the songs were really uh, road tested, and they'd been through different versions. So uh, we knew we knew the arrangements, and very hot. I mean, we didn't even do a second take. Uh, I don't know what. If you listen to the album, you wouldn't believe that all of those are one take. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that just isn't done. And nobody does that. But right. we did it. Yeah. And so coming back to the new album, uh, it's the same lineup, but, uh, you know, we recorded the new album in, in the COVID era, the Red Beats and Horseradish, same piano player, same, you know, I'm, I'm doing the guitars, H.K. Hilner's doing the piano, Rose's singing, Mike, Mike Madden's on drums, John Carson's on bass. But, you know, I live in the Philadelphia area, the band's in the Pittsburgh area, there were times when I drove back to Pittsburgh for a session and everybody was canceled because of COVID or providing COVID care. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spent an awful lot of time overdubbing guitars, hoping somebody was going to show up for the session. And then ultimately <laughs> not using all those extra guitar parts. Wow. They were just buff anyhow. Yeah. Uh, so that's, uh, it was a different, different experience. Same, same group. Uh, very proud of the new album though. And, is that presently out or not quite out yet? Yeah, no, it came out on the official. It, it became available on the all the digital platforms on March 18th. Okay, it kind of had like a uh, Easter Passover theme to it. It's called Red Beats and Horse mm-hmm. Radish, and yeah, it's kind of like an European thing. And uh, so we did. There, there's like the Little Wretches East. We did. We did a our big debut out here in the Philadelphia area. And then we're doing the Western Pennsylvania debut uh, in a couple of weeks on, on June 4th in, in the Pittsburgh area. But, you know, and everywhere else, it's just me by myself, just me solo. Yeah. Uh, are these songs for this album all songs that you wrote for this album, or are they ones that you had collected over a couple of years? Well, I, I, some of them I've been working on for a long time. In fact, the three of the pieces, no, two of the pieces were poems that I had published, you know, 20 some years ago. Hmm. And, and then some, one of the songs, Duquesne, the, the very first, the debut performance of No Shelter, we performed a song called Duquesne. Now, you, you would find it unrecognizable. The, the theme and the idea behind the song is the same. 
but you know I've been tweaking it, trying trying to get trying trying to get the lyric right, the melody right, the arrangement right. Uh, so so this is the first time any of these songs have been uh, recorded or released. But a lot of time and a lot of thought has gone into the you know the crafting and the arrangements of them. And then it all kind of revolves around uh, the the uh, the life of people in former. You know, I hate the, the term Rust Belt, mm-hmm. but uh, Pittsburgh. You know where I'm from, mm-hmm. and, and I believe very much you should write about what you know. You should bring what you have to the table. Sure, yeah. So I'm writing about the people who remained in the river towns of Western Pennsylvania when the industry that created those towns was no longer there. So we have songs about old people, sick people, crazy people, people who were alone, people who were struggling to raise their families in, in a, a tenuous economy. Mm-hmm. And you would think that you would think that, that would be depressing material, except for that, if I must say, it's, it's really, really well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a syllable is out of place. And it's more about the spirit that sustains people. So I don't think it's depressing at all. In fact, I think it's kind of uplifting. And, and I sent a copy. I just yesterday opened an envelope that uh, had a card with an image of a Van Gogh painting. I had sent a copy of Red Beats and Horseradish to somebody who profoundly influenced my musical taste and worldview when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I never really ex- expected a reply. And then the... I read the card, and it says, Red Beats and Horseradish is a perfect album. Wow. You know, sometimes wow. praise, you can take it with a grain of salt, but yeah. this for me was, okay, uh, I, I accomplished what I set out to do. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break from the interview. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the interview. In telling some of those stories, did you have specific incidents that, that you were using when you were writing the lyrics, images, news stories, or, you know, driving through those towns? Where, where did the well, inspiration come from? Well, each, well, you know, there, there's a novel behind every line and every song. But, but for example, uh, the song Tiger Pajamas is about my brother who started the Little Wretches with me. Uh, but, you know, he's since passed away. And my, my strongest image of my little brother is when he was a little kid running around in tiger pajamas. And every t- my dad would come home from work, and my, my little brother would hide in the closet and growl like mm, a tiger. Wow. You know, and, and, and daddy, you know, has to find the tiger. And, you know, my brother had a pretty tragic life. He, he died of cancer, and mm. he, he lived it up while he had the chance. So, so that's, uh, that tells his story. Mm-hmm, the, the, mm-hmm. the song Duquesne is actually my grandmother who had the mind of an engineer. She could have been a doctor. She could have been an engineer, but she, but she never learned how to read English. She, she came over from the Slovak Republic mm-hmm. as a teenage girl thinking she was coming here to get an education, and it was really part of, uh, it was part of an arranged marriage. And when she was older, she was managing a, a tailor shop in downtown Pittsburgh, so sort of working in the basement with Greeks, Italians, Hungarians, and she was kind of the, the foreman of the shop. And that my first job was working with them down there, and I'd be eavesdropping on their conversations. Here, here are these uneducated people with so much wisdom and so much heart that I really wanted to 
be be their voice to the extent that I could. Mm-hmm. And then my grandmother, when they forced her to retire, she couldn't accept retirement. So she would get up in the morning, take the bus into the city like she was going to work, sit in church every day, sit in church all day till it was time to go home from work, then hop on the bus and go home. Wow. And uh, so, so that's that's sort of the story. So we, each, each song has there's a song on there called Walked Along and there I, I used to see a woman walking around Pittsburgh who, you know, suffered from some kind of mental illness. Sometimes she'd be talking to herself. Sometimes she'd be shouting to herself or conversing with somebody that was visible to only mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of the told from her point of view. It's in the third person and then at a certain point it, it switches over to the first person where she has a lucid moment where she kind of looks up and realizes, wow, look where I am. How did I get here? I just walked all the way across town. Hmm. So, I mean, there's a story behind every song. Yeah, sure. Uh, You you mentioned earlier that a lot of the time it's, it's mostly just you and your guitar. Um, Are are you, do these songs um, translate between full band and, and solo act pretty, pretty well? Uh, well, the rock, the, you know, the more up-tempo rocking songs translate very well to the full band. With the uh, with, with some of the quieter ones, it, it's hard because, you know, I'm imagining myself, if I'm the drummer or if I'm the bass player, mm-hmm. when, when what, what you really, really need to do is lay back and choose your spots. Mm-hmm. And the less you do, the better. You know, you're there for color and you're there for texture. Uh, I think people feel like, hey, I, I came to play. So, so I, those those songs, we would have to perform. It's not like uh, Undesirables and Anarchists, where all those songs we performed them live a thousand times mm-hmm. before we recorded them. With some of the quiet ones here, we would have to get a lot of repetitions in before we really had them together. Mm-hmm. I, 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 in fact, I like performing them solo so that. I, I can play it the way I feel it. I can speed it up, slow it down, make it louder, make it softer, and know that the band will follow me. Mm. Uh, you know, you play in a band? I have, not I presently. Have. No. Okay. Yeah. So, so like dynamically, you know, you, you get this, this conversation, this musical conversation mm-hmm. started mm-hmm. with your bandmates. So let's say, uh, well, like an ideal group, if, if, if you listen to the group television, you know, a four, four-piece group, two guitars, bass, and drums. Mm-hmm. And most of their songs, if you only heard the drum track or only heard the second guitar track, or only, you would, you would be, be able to identify the song. Each, each instrument is doing something unique to that song, mm-hmm. and it fits together like, like a perfect little piece of clockwork. Well, for me, uh, you know, I, say, let's say I start to play a little bit louder on my guitar. The drummer might naturally want to respond by joining me and getting a little bit louder. But then again, maybe at that point, if I'm getting louder, maybe what the best choice for you then would be to get softer. Mm-hmm. You know, and the idea we we want to change what we're doing. We want to change the dynamic, change the feel, so that for the listener, it doesn't become tedious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes, you know, instincts. You know, for a musician things are counterintuitive. It's like whitewater rafting. You know, if you're, if you're rafting, when you go up to a rock and you're going to crash into the rock, your instinct 
tells you to lean away from it, but if you lean away from it, your raft turns over. Mm-hmm. What you need to do is lean into the rock so you don't drown. Uh, and a lot of times, you, you know, that's like, like the trial and error that you learn uh, yeah. as a band interacting with each other. Yeah. Uh, so it takes a lot of reps to get it, sure. to really get that. We can read each other's minds. I know where you're going to go, and I know where I'm going to go. Right, yeah, interesting. Um, are you kind of back to what sort of feels like normal as far as being able to get out and share the music with public? No, no. Things uh, we're getting jerked around left and right. Still, uh, mm. yeah. I mean, the the week that we were going to uh, do our debut here in Philadelphia of the new album, like days before the mayor of Philadelphia reinstituted a lockdown mm. and then was under so much uh, political pressure that he rescinded it. Uh, just today, I, I'm, you know, I'm still in the Philadelphia area, just today, uh, Montgomery County, they, they went from reinstituting a mask mandate indoors to, okay, we it's, it's not a mandate, it's just strongly advised. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and for, for me, performing solo, the folk music community out here, uh, let's face it, some of those folks are pretty elderly, mm-hmm. semi-geriatric, mm-hmm. and they're all afraid of dying. So, you know, they, they, I feel like they overreact. You know, I'm young and strong, and I'm not afraid of anything. I survived cancer. I had COVID twice. Wow. To me, it's, it's not going to buy. Right. I'm not right. afraid of a case of sniffles. Right. Then again, I don't, I don't want you to catch my case of sniffles and die right. from it. Yeah. So we're still getting jerked around with that stuff. Yeah. Uh, audiences don't know what to expect. Mm, mm. So we're, no, we're, we're getting there. I, I just think the public is done with all these restrictions. Oh, yeah. I'm so with you. If you don't feel safe, stay home. If yeah. you do feel safe, go out. Right. Yeah. Um. What's next? Do you, how far ahead are you working? Do you do you have something else in in mind once this has run its course? Uh, well, what I really, you know, my my ideal life. I wake up in the morning thinking about where I'm playing tonight, mm-hmm. and so, you know, sometimes the world changes and your mind doesn't. <laughs> so I'm I'm still locked in another era where. You, you begin with a city where you're getting airplay, mm-hmm. and that and that gives the, the venue the reason to book you, and the journalists in that area a reason to write about you. Mm-hmm. And then you build a you build a tour around that. Yeah. So you know what what I really and and I, I, I'm a very uh, you know I live for today, mm-hmm. and what's missing from my team. You know, I have, I, I have what I think is an excellent publicist. I think we're very solid with the songwriting and music production. That the piece that's missing from our team is the booking agency, mm. and 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 I've I've just kind of learned from experience. I'm not good at it because it's a full time job, mm. and my full time job is, is writing. But uh, but th- so that's missing from the team. Yeah. Um, and then again, that's missing from most most performing artists' team. And, and then what what I'm getting. Uh, you know, sort of, sort of the, the the circle I'm trying to crack into is occupied by people who've been big in that circle for 25 years, mm-hmm. and they it's like, come on, guys, move out of the way, make room for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. But, you know, it was, it was hard. But I'm not going to, I mean, that's the reality of it. You, you, there's, you just have to do the work. Sure. Put, put in the work, put in the effort, and whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but again, my, you know, my, my, my ideal is to be touring. And, uh, you know, I, the kind of music that I make, let, let's face it, our, the business side of music revolves around the hit song. Mm-hmm. So there's a song that you could listen to a thousand times, or the song you could put on repeat. Now, we have a couple of songs on Red Beats and Horse Radish that you could probably listen to on repeat 30 or 40 times. Mm. But as an album, it's, it's like a movie. It's like a feature film. You might watch The Godfather, but you're not going to watch The Godfather every day for a month. Right. You know, right. you might watch it once a year. So so as an album, I said, like, okay, I can do this show, or I could do the Undesirables and Anarchist show, or I could do the Pitbulls and Poker Machine show, I could do that in every city in America once a year, once every year and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I could keep busy performing in each city once, or I could do, you know, I just don't think that there's, a, I mean, even Neil Young, I mean, major artists, you know, they, they don't they don't tax their audience that much. Sure. They come around yeah. every year, every couple of years. And, and even, say, if you're a local band, that's the curse of a local band, is you reach a point where all your friends and family have come out to hear you 30 times. Right. And, and that's pretty much what drives the business on a local level. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's just as hard to work nationally. It, if you're going to put the effort in, you might as well work the, put the effort into breaking on a national or international level. Yeah. Why, why even waste your time trying to be a local band? Right, right, yeah, yeah, interesting. Well, I'm I'm glad you're still at it and still making music, and um, I'm excited to to hear. I've heard a track or two. I'm excited to hear the whole thing, um, and so I, I I hope that you are able to get uh, the momentum that you need to to get on a roll and get on a tour and be able to play every night like that's your 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 best dream. And uh, we certainly wish yeah. you well with that. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, Greg, you have to listen to the whole thing three times. Okay. And then you'll be converted. Once you've heard it three times, it will be in your in, in your soul. Yeah. Uh, okay. It'll, yeah, it'll, it'll become part of you. Yeah, good. Well, I, I will try that. I'll look forward to that. <laughs> I, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today, too, and, and enjoyed catching up again. And certainly uh, uh, I'll be glad, like all of us, when, when things get to some sort of routine where we can enjoy music on a regular basis out live again. Yeah. Oh. Well, visualize it, make it happen, live the life, you know? Right, absolutely. Where can people reach you? How can they get in touch with you and listen to this new record? Well, you know, if, you, if you're one of those people that streams stuff, <laughs> you know, we're on all the streaming sites, where we strongly advise that you uh, download it, you know, and all the, you know, Apple Music, who, you know, all those Amazon music, you, you can download it. You know, if you download a song, I, I probably make about 99 cents. If you stream it, please stream it a thousand times so that I can make a dollar. Right. Uh, <laughs> and if you want a hard copy, you know, go, go to our website. There's a link to, to pick up actual physical copies uh, of the CDs uh, available at, at our website, littlewretches.com. And we're easy to find. You know, you look us up on Facebook, look yep. us up, you know, at very accessible, you know. Once, once, if you're listening to our music, you're not our audience; you're our friend. You know. Yeah. Good. Thank you, Robert. I appreciate your time today. Thank you, Greg.
Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.